2: Hey Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media including our Patreon account where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey Chargers fans welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast this is our week t- week two review excuse me I'm so excited I can't even talk this is easily the most excited I've ever been out after a Chargers loss uh, we'll get into everything you know related to this game there's so many storylines to talk about uh, if we get the chance maybe we'll talk about some of the other games around the NFL but uh first things first Tyler how you doing today man
1: Surprise it's not Tyler it's Justin Herbert. Hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm doing great. I we have a lot to talk about so I guess I'll just leave it at that.
2: Yes, so many things to cover today. Uh, Alex, you've been a busy busy guy today as
3: well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good and I need to talk to my local AT&T provider who decided to put 5 minutes uh, of the just uh, the Josh Allen Ryan Fitzpatrick game. Into this Chargers (laughs) Chiefs game because just I don't need to watch either of those two, and then I keep getting messages that Justin Herbert's in the game, and I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is happening, and just I don't I don't want to watch Josh Allen on my TV ever. So you know, just try to make up for that next time.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a a crazy start to the game. Uh, None of us really knew what was happening until we saw Justin Herbert take that first snap, and it was all like. Holy shit, Justin Herbert's in the game. Like, what is happening? Um, I assumed, like, maybe they were just doing some kind of, like, run package right. at first. Yeah. And then, you know, after a couple of games, uh, Tracy Wolfson or whatever her name is, was like, oh, Tyrod Taylor has chest pains. He's in the locker room. He's not going to be starting this game. Uh, and then from then on, it was the Justin Herbert show, man. And I thought he played excellent. Uh, all three of us have been very vocally on the Tyrod Taylor Uh, bandwagon I guess you could say you know uh, I specifically have said that I wanted Justin Herbert to get a redshirt year Um, I'll share my thoughts after this but uh, Tyler I want to start with you what did you make of of Justin Herbert and and, you know potentially starting the rest of the season where do your uh, loyalties lie so to speak (laughs) after watching that performance
1: yeah it was I mean obviously it was a shock for everyone I I got the tweet from Daniel Popper said you know Justin Herbert's in the game and like you I thought (laughs) Okay, maybe they're just going to run something, you know, a bigger guy could do something interesting here. Who knows? And then he played the entire rest of the game. Um, I will say initially, no matter what, that the Chargers clearly had a, I mean, not like a wholly different game plan, but a slightly adjusted game plan that catered more to their offensive skill position players and their quarterback. And that was the first thing I noticed. Like, yes, you know, at first, Justin Herbert came out and he led that that amazing drive. But he was helped a bit by some screens. I think Kelly took one for X amount of yards. And everyone's going, oh, my God, what an amazing drive. But And it was a good drive. There's nothing wrong with seven points, no matter how you get it. But I thought, okay, let's see if he can actually make a decent throw here. And then, of course, he puts together. I mean, we'll talk about some of the mistakes, of course. But then he puts together, you know, the beautiful throw to Guyton in the end zone. Good throw to Keenan Allen, a couple of plays here and there. And you start to think, man, like. It's not perfect right now, but it's something. There's something there for sure, and part of the reason I like Tyrod Taylor for all his flaws is that sometimes he just did something magical. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. We may we never really get to see that. Um, but Justin Herbert had some magic going, and for whatever reason, maybe it's just a home opener, maybe it's because you know it's the Chiefs, it's a rivalry game, new uniforms and everything. But the Chargers came out and they just wanted a ball. They were, they were passionate. They were energetic. They were flying everywhere. And maybe part of that is just because of the rookie coming in and playing pretty well. So I was certainly impressed. I think overall, as a whole, as a, like an actual NFL start, it was a, a little less than good in my opinion, but that's fine because for him, that's excellent. And we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about the coaches in a little bit. Um, but for a rookie in his first game who basically found out he was starting the same time that we found out that he was starting against the Chiefs in their home opener against the Super Bowl champions, did about as well as anyone could have asked. So I'm very impressed. Um, I want to say I wish Tyrod Taylor all the best right now. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Anthony Lynn naming him potentially a starter. Who knows? Um, but right now, just get better. Get healthy. I know he's discharged from the hospital. That's great. Um, moving forward, though justin herbert you i've i mean i've got both their backs but i really think it's justin herbert's show what about you alex
3: yeah so if you had told me that justin herbert played against the chiefs uh, in any amount before the game started i would have been like all right how many touchdowns did we get our asses handed to us by uh this one (laughs) but yeah no um herbert being in from the start was obviously a shock. there was that little thing on the injury report where Tyrod showed up with chest pains, uh, you know, not with chest pains, but with uh, specifically a rib injury. So I imagine that's what acted up today, uh, you know, before the game, that's ultimately what held him out. But, you know, he was a full participant. So, you know, something obviously must've happened today. I, I, maybe we'll get more details later on. Maybe we won't, I don't know. Um, but Herbert, yeah, did pretty well. Um, you know, the thing that stuck with me was, you know, the fact that he should have just ran for two yards instead of trying to make that throw where he didn't see the corner, but, uh, that thing aside, you know, he's gonna make that mistake, uh, given, you know, the fact that he's a rookie quarterback and all that, but, uh, other than that, it was a pretty clean game, uh, the throw to Keenan Allen was awesome, uh, I, he had a nice relationship going with Hunter Henry for a couple passes, and, uh, yeah, it was just a really solid game from him, and I, the, the offensive line was specifically really awesome for him in creating all of these screens and uh, giving him all of these opportunities because, you know, if you, for example, if you had last year's offensive line with uh, Russell Okun kind of in and out and last year's Tevi and, and all of that, like I don't think Justin Herbert uh, would have had nearly as good of a game, but uh, this kind of camp and offensive line with, uh, sort of an improved Tevy with Turner in the lineup, uh, Feeney playing pretty well, uh, putting all those things together. You know, he lost Balaga, and it, it, it seemed for a while like Pipkins didn't really miss a step uh, for, for large portions of the game, so uh, having that offensive line, I think having those veteran weapons really helped uh, you know, the really helped Herbert in this game from what it could have been, right? Uh, in terms of the mistakes, so We'll see what it is going forward, but yeah, I, I think you have to give them, you know, a B-plus kind of maybe, you know, an A-minus for the debut. Uh, I certainly didn't see this coming, and, you know, <laughs> neither did uh, Herbert, as we said, and, you know, uh, Monsanto reported that, uh, yeah, he thought he was joking when, uh, you know, Anthony Lynn said he was a starter. So, you know, um, good debut, and yeah, I guess we'll see what it's like going forward.
2: Yeah, we'll definitely see what's going on uh, with Tyron Taylor and obviously well wishes to him. Uh, it's good. It's good news, obviously, that he was released from the hospital and, you know, we are hoping for a speedy recovery. Um, Tyler mentioned just like the overall energy and it really felt like outside of Joey Bosa, who plays the exact same every single game, everyone else felt like there was more energy and just a better uh, a higher sense of urgency and that includes Shane Steichen I feel like you know they really they either learned from the first week or you know they kind of treated the first week uh, as like a preseason game because you know Austin Eckler was involved very early on Keenan Allen was involved very early on and they had specifically designed plays to get these guys in space get some yards after the catches Joe Reed touched the ball on offense which was fantastic um But, you know, getting back to Herbert, I did not love the draft pick. I honestly didn't because what I wanted, my personal viewpoint, was that next year's class was much better. There were more surefire quarterbacks in next year's class. So I wanted an offensive lineman or Isaiah Simmons, and then next year you take a quarterback. You know, you shore up everything else around him, and then next year your quarterback has everything around him that you could possibly want. And obviously, you know, I had some issues with, with Justin Herbert. I didn't think his mental processing was, was that great in college. Maybe I was just him not doing it all that often because I thought his mental processing and awareness outside of the interception and the, and the one sack that he took, I thought he played a fantastic mental game as well. And so for me, you know, the, the throws and the arm strength, like that obviously is going to steal the headlines. His throw to Keenan Allen down the middle was beautiful. His decision to throw it to Jalen Guyton, who, you know, very twenty twenty of him to get the first touchdown of any Chargers receiver. (laughs) Um, But mentally, I was more impressed with Justin Herbert than I was physically because that was my main concern with him coming out of college because we just didn't see it happen a whole lot of Oregon. It was one read, swing pass, one read, screen pass, one read, slant to Dylan Mitchell or another receiver, or a goal line fade to Jacob Breeland, or or I think that's his name. Um, So for me what he did mentally and going through his progressions was even more impressive than anything that he could have done physically.
1: I completely agree. And some of this early stuff in the game, you know, a couple of screens here and there, fine. That's what he ran at Oregon. No problem. Having have him run with the football. No problem. He did that towards the end, of, towards the end at Oregon, but some of his processing, whether it's even just extending the play and moving, looking downfield or something as simple or quick, you could just tell there's something that fires so fast in his brain take the snap boom to Henry I don't know how many times he hit Henry in the middle like within a second maybe three times yeah. or so you can tell it's just you know Tyrod Taylor's a veteran so he has more experience but Justin Herbert seems to operate on a just a quicker level and when that becomes with you know when it comes with more experience I'm I was impressed I, I really was oh, except for like you said the two a couple of you know issues but that will come that'll be fixed eventually
3: Right. Yeah. No, just uh, super impressed with him all around. I, uh, you know, I guess we'll we'll get into Carolina, but I, I think, you know, if, for example, the Chargers were playing the Saints next week, I think there might be a better case for Tyrod to still be the starter um, because you're going against a tougher opponent. But I... I want to see Justin Herbert versus that shit Carolina defense. Like, just let him play. <laughs> I mean, uh, to an yeah. extent, you know, I would understand if it was, you know, the Saints or e- even if it was, say, the Chiefs uh, next week, right, um, the hesitance to put uh, Justin Herbert in. But, uh, you know, let him play versus Carolina. They they didn't produce a, haven't produced a very good defense so far. Teddy Bridgewater's been all right, but that feels like a perfect kind of game to, all right, you know, Here's what you do in the second week, give him a little bit more responsibility, and then, you know, from there you have him slowly, slowly grow into the role. Um, So I really think Herbert has it set up pretty perfectly here to go week three, week four, um, and week five against, some, you know, kind of uh, a bit of a rolling intensity about, you know, uh, going a little bit harder each week and maybe putting a little more on his plate each week. But um, I think he has a great week three matchup if he uh, indeed will be the starter.
2: Yeah, which we'll have to see. Um, everybody on Twitter is kind of freaking out of what Anthony Lynn said, and yeah, I think it's a delicate situation because y- y- as a coach right now, you don't know how serious this injury is to Tyrod, right? Or you know maybe it's an illness of some sort. I don't really know, and I'm, no one really knows, right? But if he's healthy, you can't throw him under the bus. You just can't because if by chance you need him later on the road, like you want. Him to know that you ha- you as a ha- as a head coach have confidence in him still, and you have to do a good job of making sure that you're not like oh Justin Herbert that was the greatest rookie quarterback performance I've ever seen like you don't want Herbert's head to get too big either, so you know I'm hopeful that this is coach speak I I don't know how you can sit down and watch the film of Tyrod in week one and Justin Herbert in week two and go back to Tyrod. And like Alex mentioned, you know, the the Panthers defense is not very good. Um outside uh, of Shaq Thompson, they don't really have any difference makers over there. They've obviously spent seven or eight draft picks on defense. So to me, you know, you start Justin Herbert next week and you start Justin Herbert the rest of the year. Um Tyler, what are your thoughts on on what Anthony Lynn said and who should be the starter going forward? Well, I thought you guys were honestly the voice of reason on twitter today because you were the
1: you guys were the first ones that i saw that said well hold on why would anthony lynn throw tyra taylor under the bus it's also not cool we have no idea what, what's happening with taylor i mean he's obviously fine now but we didn't know he could have been dying for all we knew and for him you know if anthony Lynn went up to the podium yeah. and said oh yeah we, we were gonna bench him moving on you know that's that's not cool and you know they listen at the end of the day the Chiefs defense isn't very good. They missed a lot of starters, and the Chargers, all they did was get better by four points. That's very harsh, and that's very simplifying things, but I could... I mean, But it was better, yeah. It was better. It was better, but I don't know... Okay, I want. I'll just say right now, I want Justin Herbert to start the rest of the way, and that does hurt me to say, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they went with Taylor. I would not be surprised if Anthony Lynn slept tonight and had nightmares about the one interception that he thinks cost his team, <laughs> which it kind of yeah. did. That was a big turning point in the game. You know, there are some things where maybe Anthony Lynn says, okay, well, we were going to run these plays with Taylor, but we didn't get a chance to. Or or who knows? I don't yeah. know. I, I do think there is, there's definitely a debate to be had, even though I think most people would say pro-Justin Herbert at this point. I do think there's a debate to be had. That being said, you know, like, like you guys were talking about, this Panthers defense isn't very good and, and shockingly not as good as I thought they would be. Um, even without Luke Kuechly, I still expected them to be kind of better. All they did was draft defense, and they looked terrible. So, you know, for them to play against the Panthers and who might not even have Christian McCaffrey at this rate, it would be just a nice True. tune-up game. Not for Justin Herbert, calm down a little bit. Not as big of a game. Obviously, not his first start anymore, and just get him the reps because the next two weeks are crucial. You know, I, I think whoever. No matter what, next week's starter has to be the starter the rest of the way. Which I mean, I guess it's kind of duh, but you need that. One of them needs that tune-up game against the Panthers because they have to beat the the Bucks and yeah. the Saints. At least one of the Bucks and yes. the Saints. But the Chargers really do have a chance to beat both. So whoever it is, that person that starts next week has to be the guy the rest of the way, barring injuries or or chest cold, hospital visits. So I'm, I don't know. I, I think Justin Herbert the rest of the way, but I could see why Taylor or why Lynn would be hesitant. But at this point, I also do trust like whatever Pep Hamilton and these coaches are saying, I do trust and I do think they have Herbert's back. Whatever they do, I, I trust them because they've done a much better job with Herbert. I mean, even kind of saw last year how they I know Pep Hamilton wasn't there. They even got Cardell Jones to kind of be a serviceable quarterback and people wanted him to stay on the roster. And now you look at this year with the development. I mean, I mean shoot, people are calling for Easton Stick, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> but, you know, Herbert developed so much faster or 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 was so much better than we thought. And so I got to trust him. So whoever they go with, I guess I just have to trust them. If they think he's ready, then he's ready. If they think he's not ready, then I also kind of have to trust them because they have done a good job so far. If they want to keep fine tuning
2: things, fine. But at this point, my vote is start Herbert. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I think, you know, I mentioned kind of my issues with him, but I'm I'm all in right now. I I saw enough mentally from Justin Herbert where I'm comfortable with his progression going forward. And, you know, this week is, is a perfect tune up. Um That being said, there is there's kind of a sense of loyalty from Anthony Lynn towards Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, we've seen time and time again, you know, how loyal he is to a fault to his guys. Right. And we've all known from the start that Tyrod is his guy of guys. Um, so that'll just be really interesting to watch going forward. Alex, any other takes uh, or thoughts on, uh, Justin Herbert slash
3: Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Easton stick, this game, I thought it was uh, interesting that he was active for both weeks. Uh, even uh, last week, because Tyrod was on the injury report in Week One, I believe, with a calf injury, uh, and he ended up obviously yeah. playing the whole game. So uh, I wonder if maybe there was fear about him not playing Week One uh, a little bit, and that maybe was why Easton Stick was active in Week One and then obviously was active in uh, Week Two. So uh, that was kind of interesting. So you know, I I'll be curious to see if he'll be active for Week Three. Um, you know and see what they're going to do with the quarterbacks down the road um i I do agree with what tyler said is you know as good as this justin herbert performance was you know there was the fact that the chiefs linebackers were dropping like flies and the fact that they were missing like (laughs) i don't know five felt like five of their quarterbacks um so you know i i do think there is that part of it but you know as i just said you know the panthers defense does present an opportunity to kind of Grow into it versus being thrown into a game against the the Saints or uh, some kind of opponent like that. So I think it's definitely um, a step in the right direction. I would understand personally if they decided to start Taylor, um, but I can see why they would go with uh, Justin Herbert, especially after that kind of game. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And you know, just kind
2: of wrap this up. I think. None of us really expected, uh, this kind of performance from Justin Herbert. If you did, congrats to you. Maybe you're the smartest person ever. I don't know. Um, but Justin Herbert had 311 passing yards. He was 22 for 33. Uh, he had one touchdown, one interception, which, you know, the interception was, was kind of a bonehead mistake, but you know, he had more yards than Patrick Mahomes in a game and he really showed that he has the potential and the future to go toe to toe. With the guy that the Chargers have to go toe to toe with for the next 15 years. So uh, I was definitely excited about this, very pleasantly surprised. You know, Justin exceeded all my expectations. Um, that being said, the Chargers did lose, they lost in overtime. Obviously, the decision that really kind of cost them uh, was the fourth down decision. Um, you know, they could have gone for it. Obviously, then if you don't get it, you are basically handing the win on a silver platter to the Chiefs. You it. your defense has been
3: playing well. Uh, Alex, what did you make of the fourth down decision in overtime? So, I, I kind of wanted them to go for it on fourth down, but I understand why they didn't, especially considering um, the Tyrod interception and all that. And considering how the defense had been playing the whole game, like, you know, if, if you're Anthony Lynn, I can see why you would feel comfortable sending your defense out there again, uh, as opposed to you know, Herbert, you know, fourth and one, and if you don't get it, the game's over, right? Because uh, the Chiefs had right. a 47-yarder. Um, they end up having a 58-yarder with uh, Butker, you know, but I-, I can see why Anthony Lynn felt more comfortable uh, in that sort of situation, considering everything else that had happened in the game, uh, you know, just punning and then seeing what happens. But I will say, though... I think that kind of came back to bite them a little bit because the defense was just gassed, uh, you know, seemingly kind of entirely on that last drive. They were able to kind of hold them, but Bosa was out for a few plays trying to catch his breath. And a lot of these guys, just because, as we said, no offseason, no preseason. And, um, yeah, I think having to basically play five quarters uh, of defense in, you know, what should have been a four quarter game in week two that obviously showed, I think a little bit in their sort of, you know, bend don't break, uh, kind of defensive style instead of being a little bit more, um, aggressive. But I think the defense did what it could, um, given the situation, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, if it was any other kicker, you know, you probably are happy allowing a 58 or 60 yarder, but buckers, buckers. So, that's kind of, I, I honestly, as soon as I, you know, it was a 53 initially, I was like, he's going to make it. But um, it would have been fun to see a Herbert two-minute drive in overtime, uh, you know, right. going down the field. That, that would have been really fun. Um, yeah, so... But we'll get to everything outside of the fourth down. But I honestly don't think the fourth down is really what cost them. Uh, I think what cost them was not fucking having a goddamn QB spy. If I have, if I have to see Mahomes <laughs> run out on third down again, uh, like it, it felt like the Mexico game all over again. But I think it happened like more this time. Yeah. It happened like six or seven times on, like, third down, and that's just the situation, situ- uh, situational stuff that kills them, um, and it's just, like, you gotta have someone there, you know, Mahomes isn't Lamar, and he's not Deshaun Watson, but he can still run, and it's like, I, I don't understand how they just never adjusted to that, and that was infuriating, but, um, no, I mean, definitely, um, a tough loss to take, but I think, you know, the development of Herbert and all that, that, uh, that certainly helped lessen the blow uh, a little bit. And obviously, you know, given their week one performance, you know, if you told me they were just going to lose to the Chiefs by three, I I would take it. Um, Chiefs are, you know, the best team in the NFL. So uh, definitely not a bad loss to take.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So just before Tyler jumps in, uh, Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs with 54 yards rushing. And pretty much most of that was on the last two drives.
1: Oh, man. Well, that's neat. Um, I mean, sometimes I understand, like if you're going to pick between Mahomes beat you with his arm for 30 yards or he gets his first down with his legs, I suppose you're going to let him run. But like the third and 20 was or whatever it was, is pretty, that's pretty inexcusable. How do you have not anyone for 20 yards? I mean, the person that finally got to him right. was at the, at the first down marker, like, come on. Um, as far as the fourth down goes. Yeah, hindsight—you should have gone for it because it didn't work. Um, but okay, so Lynn shows the last two weeks this newfound love for going with it on going for it on fourth down. Awesome. I think if you're in no yeah. man's land, go for it. So why he didn't go for it there was kind of interesting. Uh, that said, it's not like he's been really successful on these fourth down conversions either. So yeah, he's going for it, but he's not being rewarded. And then I believe the drive before that was two rushes up the middle for you know backwards. Or, or not much. you know. It's, they couldn't punch it in the end zone. So at that moment, especially if... And I don't know what the situation was with the line at this time. I don't know if St. Louis and um, Pipkins were on the line or not. I know Turner did come out of the game and Balaga missed basically the entire game. So uh, I don't know. I guess I get it. I just feel that they could have had one more play because it's not like the chiefs are really stopping them either. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously, yeah, you should have gone for it. But I don't mind. And look, at the end of the day, you know, they had to kick a 53, 58 yarder um, to win it in the end. So the defense actually played uh pretty decent considering um, everything. Although I believe assembly gave them, you know, minus 20 yards on their drive from two penalties. So I suppose yeah. they're more build out than I, remember but um yeah i guess i don't mind so that there's that
2: (laughs) i don't mind the decision either you know i kind of looked at it you know to use a basketball term here like i kind of looked at as like getting a quick two when you need three to kind of just prolong the game you know that kind of felt like what it was what was happening and you know i saw some from i saw some tweets from a bunch of writers saying like oh the chargers were getting pushed all game and they they were in a sense But uh, Joshua Kelly was, you know, he is the short yarded situation and he had 23 carries for 64 yards. So the efficiency in your quote unquote big back was not great. Um, I thought Austin Eckler on the edges was was fantastic and maybe you go that route. But I I just don't know uh, if the Chargers would have gotten that if they went, you know, kind of up the middle, which is what they probably would have done with Joshua Kelly. One of the things that I tweeted out before the game was I wanted to see if Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, and Trey Turner were going to be able to uh, kind of keep Chris Jones at bay, and and I don't think they did that. I don't, you know, Chris Jones did not have like an amazing game, but he was making his presence felt, and he definitely was having an impact in the run game. So, so I understand the thought process of you know what I'm not confident in the short yardage situations because they have really struggled in those situations. Like it's different. You know, if it's, like, fourth and four, maybe you can do, like, a bootleg or kind of thing. But if you're fourth and one, fourth and two, and you basically have to do a short yardage situation, you know, how really confident are you? Defense has played well. And the defense was inches away from having three interceptions on the last drive. <laughs> like, they really were. Yeah. Kenneth Murray got his hands on a ball. Kaiser White got his hands on a ball. Kesey Hayward almost had an interception. So, you know, it's... It's really a game of inches sometimes man and if Kenneth Murray's able to get both hands on that ball maybe you know it's a different tune and the Chargers have an upset win instead of you know losing by 3 to the Chiefs.
3: Adderley nearly got that interception that rolled off Casey Hayward's ass yeah <laughs> <was really> funny. <laughs> Tyler's tweet oh my gosh I forget what I said but I was like oh no squeeze your
1: butts together squeeze your legs together yeah right. it was
3: like you gotta squeeze that ass bro <laughs> yeah honestly looking at the fourth down decision in overtime I, I thought the more troubling fourth down one for me was fourth and five from the 34 uh when they could have kicked the field goal yeah. I'm like Badgley is hit from 50 or 51, I mean, I know that he missed the one last week, and maybe that played some part in Lynn's decision-making, but, like, Badgley should be able to hit that, I mean, he's he's a pretty yeah. efficient kicker, so I just didn't understand, you know, and if you hit that field goal, you know, you, you win the game, probably, because, you know, the Chiefs have to go, really, for, because it would have been 23-17, kind of, at the end, so the Chiefs have to go for a touchdown instead of a, a field goal, so... I think that that was a more confusing fourth down decision than the you know fourth and one for me. Yeah, that totally
2: makes sense. Um, well, let's get let's change the tune here to some things that we liked. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that we all have been super impressed with so far has been the play of Jerry Tillery, mm-hmm. and he continued that today. He had a few pressures. He had a tackle for loss. He blocked the PAT, which if he doesn't do that, you know, this prob maybe this isn't yep. even go to overtime. Mm-hmm. So, I thought Jerry Tillery played fantastic. Uh, I like how Tyler put him in the poll for the MVP. I think you know that is is really showing out. And Linval Joseph had another great game. Uh, he drew those two holding calls against uh, Kalecki Osamele, and you know he was flying around all over the place. So to me, like one positive on the defense has been the play of the defensive tackles so far. And I'm really excited to see how that continues to develop as the season goes along.
1: I can't believe how well Linval Joseph is. Well, Joseph and Tillery, I, listen, because we didn't get to see anything in camp, it's hard to believe some of the camp speak that was coming out from the beat writers and the coaches. Oh, Limval Joseph, he's a, he's a fridge. He's a bus. He's a bird. He's a plane, whatever he is. Yeah, <laughs> He's been Superman, he's Superman. defensive line. He's, he's been amazing. Like you said, he is, he's, I mean, drawing penalties Tackles pressures, his this two game stretch is as productive as anything Meebane did in four years, by far. And maybe by the time he gets to week eight, it's he's probably had a better eight game stretch than everything in Meebane's done combined. It's been phenomenal. But then I gotta hand it to Tillery. You know, I was I was more down on the Tillery pick because I wanted a left tackle. I wanted a lineman. You know, maybe we're down on Herbert because we wanted Simmons or another tackle, and this this whole listen. We all thought Sam Tebby was going to come in and stink it up. Well, I guess we can talk about him in a little bit. But for Tillery, I mean, look, even just this season, you see how important it is for teams to have a preseason to have their OTAs and yada yada. I mean, Tillery last season because he was hurt, he didn't get that full experience either, and so now this year he gets the offseason. I know he doesn't have much of a he doesn't have you know a preseason or anything, but to have that year under his belt and now to come out like this. I'm happy to see him, you know, he's not getting, I don't know what the split was between him and Jones. I know last week Jones dominated the snaps and yet I, I completely forgot that Jones was even on the field. Um, But Tillery, you know, making impact every single game. So well, only two games, (laughs) but you know, doing a very good job so far, looking like he has a plan before last year, I feel like it kind of just rush. And that was it. Just going through the motions this year. It looks like he has some sort of plan. He learned something. I don't know. I don't know who was teaching him what, you know, but you know both raved about him on one play I, I don't think we were able to see it um, during the during training camp he had some sort of sick pass rush move and I, they're on display so good for him good for this interior defensive line uh, good for the whole defense line as a whole uh, it's, it's been a bright spot for sure and the reason that you know that Mahomes had such an off day until he didn't
3: yeah I love the corners uh, in this game. Uh, so yeah Casey obviously did pretty well um, Chris Harris they just never seemed to throw at Chris Harris because his coverages were pretty good um, and Michael Davis I mean had a you know he did miss the tackle uh, in the fourth quarter which kind of proved to be a little bit costly but he was playing pretty good and like you know ripping balls out playing some physical uh, defense so you know, he I, he kind of surprised me with how much sort of, like, tight kind of man coverage he was playing, because he usually plays, obviously, pretty loose, um, you know, covering kind of Tyreek or the burner receiver, but I, I, I was impressed by him in this game, and uh, yeah, so it, it was him, you know, obviously, they, you know, the secondary left a little bit to be desired, because they were mostly responsible for Travis, uh, or the, sorry, the safeties left a little bit to be desired, because they were kind of Mostly responsible for Travis Kelsey, and we will get to ray Sean on Travis Kelsey in a minute, which uh, didn't go so well, but I'd say in general, uh, the corners, the defensive line, those were uh, the things that kept them in the game, the things that contained Mahomes, uh, you know, if they just had a QB spy, they might have won this game, but... Other than that, um, I thought it was a pretty fantastic effort on defense. So, you know, I, I got to give it to the mostly the whole defense uh, in this, uh, you know, in this game. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I thought the defense played outstanding. And, you know, Tyler tweeted this out. If you head into a game against Patrick Mahomes and you know you're at 20 points through four quarters, you take that 10 times out of 10. And, you know, I think outside of the one Tyreek Hill bomb, I think that was, you know, a really good game for the corners. And granted, Tyreek Hill does that to everyone. So I thought Chris Harris was fantastic. Tyler hi- Tyler highlighted him uh, and his tackling ability. I thought he came up and made some crucial plays and run support as well. Uh, and Michael Davis, man, you talk about players surprising you. <laughs> Michael Davis finally learned how to turn <laughs> his head he around, and, around and get the ball, man. <laughs> It was fantastic to see. I only wish I could hear what Jason would think in that uh, situation.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, good for him. You know, Davis has put together other than that that miss tackle. He's put together two games, and I don't know if it's just working in tandem with Harris has worked for him. I'll certainly have to look at it a little bit more uh, when the film comes out in two years. Cause the <laughs> behind these days, yeah. But um, no, ha- happy to see improvement from a lot of players.
2: Yeah, and I think one of those other players is uh, Kaiser White. I thought Kaiser White played fantastic, and really, this is what the linebacker duo should have been after Drew Tranquil went down because Kaiser is such a better athlete than Nick Vigil. You know, Vigil is solid and he's so smart and he's he's in the right position a lot of times, uh, but he got burned a lot in against his former team. And I think getting Kaiser in there is just the better decision going forward. Obviously, Nick Vigil can, can certainly rotate in. I don't think they played much base defense at all. I'm pretty sure they played nickel the entire game, which against the Kansas City Chiefs makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I really liked what I saw from the linebacker duo. You know, I mentioned Kenneth Murray and his pass breakup. I love seeing that progression because that was kind of a, a concern coming out of college is his ability on third down. Um, I, I'm with Alex though. I think if you put Kenneth Murray as a quarterback spy in this game, you probably end up winning. Uh, and I hate to kind of dwell on that um but you know that's probably just the reality of the situation and if they play the chiefs not if when they play the chiefs in week 17 if kenneth murray is not spying uh i think that's going to be a a tough day again
1: yeah it was definitely watching the games last year in mexico city versus the next game in kansas city the difference was Derwin james the guy had everything wrapped up if there was an option or mahomes trying to run james had him there was no chance so that is definitely where the Chargers are going to miss him, and so far in two games without him, they clearly miss him in that in that department.
2: So I guess that uh, leads us to the Desmond King situation. Um, he did not play pretty much at all. You know, I, I was thinking about that on the first drive. I didn't really see him very much, um, and that kind of continued until Rayshon Jenkins got injured. Um, which Rayshon Jenkins, I. I kind of thought he just got hit in the nuts, but apparently he has a groin injury. Um, so Desmond King has been vocal on Twitter. If you haven't seen the tweets yet, I don't know if he's deleted them since we started recording. Um, but he's basically, you know, expressing his displeasure of his role and the lack of playing time. And, and he, quote, wants answers. Um, so I guess that's kind of something to be keeping an eye upon. He obviously was suspended last year for a game for violating team rules. I can't imagine that this uh, Twitter outburst is going to go
3: over very well in the coaching staff either. Hey, Desmond, uh, I have an answer for you. It's called your entire 2019 season and why they signed Chris Harris. (laughs) Like, I I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, you know, he wasn't that good last year. Um he, sh- he showed a couple signs in you know week one, and I think he certainly has the potential to be a good corner, but it's like, you know, this coaching staff wouldn't have brought in Chris Harris if they didn't feel that there was kind of uh, an essential problem in Desmond King's game last year. Like, they just wouldn't have brought him in. So, I think the fact that they brought him in, it's like, okay, well, now you're kind of playing this sort of safety, kind of not role... And you know you obviously lose a lot of your snaps to Chris Harris, who's one of the best kind of uh you know slot kind of lockdown quarters in the NFL. Like he he's just really solid. So I I don't know what you expected after the Chargers signed Harris. I guess. Yeah, I guess I should check on his his snap counts from
1: Week One. I don't recall what he what he was playing at. He is still the starting punt returner, isn't he? Yeah. So I mean, it's not like he's he'd been buried, but. I mean, listen. It's a it's a difficult off season. A difficult no preseason. And for a guy who's supposed to be, you know, changing roles or playing different roles than he, you know, normally does, um, it's tough for him to get on the field. There are some guys that they just, you know, are more better better suited right now, more experienced to play the spots that he wants to play. Um, And you know, it it just happens. I don't know why he would take to Twitter. Um, The only thing this will do for him is is probably make him lose playing time. You know, you can do this if you're you know uh Der- Derwin james wanted more playing time maybe they give him more playing yeah. time but desmond king is is kind of expendable and he's also going to be gone next year so i don't really see what this did for him plus i don't know how you follow up you know why am i not on the field more why should i not be on the
2: field more with i'm the most humble person I've ever met. yeah so it's
1: like okay i mean
2: i'm the most humble I, person ever but i'm amazing and you should play me more yeah
1: Right. So I'm a little curious, but yeah, like you said, last year he got, you know, he was suspended for one game, you know, by the team and I can't imagine this helps him. But then again, if Jenkins, you know, ruptured his nutsack, then maybe he's going to have to play him <laughs> a little bit more. It did look like he hurt himself in the nads though, because he was grabbing it like, like
4: he got he was
1: kicked. He and Yeah. Yeah. My dad was like, I'm pretty sure it's a groin. I'm like, I don't know. And then he just
2: totally just grabbed it. And I'm like,
4: oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah
2: that's a. I i was like oh i wonder if he got the wind knocked out of him and then he just grabs his nuts so i was like oh, come on man <laughs> <laughs> like at least try and hide that a little bit i guess but um so we had to the- come
3: back in the game after that or no, no he didn't
2: um jenkins oh, didn't okay. come back in the game belaga never came back in the game um apparently justin jones got hurt uh which i should have mentioned earlier but you know this uh this safety trio between jenkins Adderley and King, it was really kind of a rotation. Jenkins played 100% of the snaps last week. Um, He was rotating at free and strong. Um, It seemed like he was almost exclusively playing strong safety, and Adderley was exclusively playing free safety this week. Maybe that was a matchup thing. But Desmond King played 41 snaps last week, and he started at strong safety. So this isn't like he didn't play it all last week and then didn't play it all this week until Jenkins got hurt. Like he played a lot last week and he started. So it's one thing for me if he thinks this and he thinks that he should be playing, it's another thing to actually play a lot last week then do this on Twitter today. So I, I can't imagine that you know the coaching staff is super pleased with this outburst. And especially from someone like Desmond, who, like you guys have mentioned, he's expendable. He basically was replaced. And, you know, clearly they saw something this week that led them to thinking that Adderley and Jenkins was a better matchup against the Chiefs than having King was.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I also have to give credit just on one play. I believe it was the giant third and 20 play that the Chargers gave up to Mahomes when he ran. But. I will give Adderley credit for not running into the center who was blocking Jenkins and getting blown out of the play. <laughs> I, know that, I know that wasn't happening this play, but I'm as happy yeah. to see Adderley at least square up and make the tackle, even though the quarterback gained 21 yards.
2: Yeah, it's definitely been a, a learning curve for Adderley, and I think we've seen glimpses. He had one tackle uh, on, I believe, DeMarcus Robinson on the sideline where you know he clearly showed off his range, his, athletic, his athleticism to get there. Um, but it's, it's just the mental reps that we have not had from him because he didn't play last year and then there was no off season this year. So, um, I'm comfortable with him back there. He's a good enough athlete where I think he's going to make some significant leaps and bounds this year, which we'll see. Um, I thought he was kind of in position on the Tyreek play, but then again, you know, it's Tyreek Hill, um, in terms of Rayshon. I don't know. I thought he did okay. He was on Kelsey for a few t- few plays and did fine. And then, you know, they ran that play where they totally isolated him and put Kelsey over the top and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the bottom. And he just couldn't decide, you know, which it it's a tough decision. You go with Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scores. You go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Travis Kelsey's wide open. And you could kind of tell that he was just stuck in no man's land. To me, that's more of a scheme you know, mistake than it is a Rayshon mistake, but going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. And if Jenkins has to miss time, you know, they, do they roll with a low which I hope they not, I hope they don't. Um, or do they bring Jalen Watkins back in? He's still a free agent. And I think uh, that's probably the better option in my opinion, if Rayshon is to miss any time.
1: Yeah. I'd love to see them bring Watkins in. Um, I, I'd, I'd die of laughter if it really was a die. but <laughs> listen. Ho- who who am I to say that Gilman's not going to work out? Because Herbert walked in and did well. And, True. And, and Murray walked in and he's doing pretty well. And Kelly's doing pretty well. And True. And a starting left tackle. And, so you know, <laughs> whatever. If he if Gilman is ready, I don't know. Has Gilman even played? Like does he even take snaps? Uh,
3: at, he's just been defense? on special teams so far. I haven't yeah, seen him play okay. at all
2: on defense.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see.
3: Yeah. Um. I. I you know that this is the week if any to bring in someone um i wouldn't be surprised if they try to hold it off for a couple more weeks and then maybe because week five is when roderick teamer suspension ends so i wouldn't be surprised if that might be a door that becomes open at some point um but yeah i think they might still try to tough it out and maybe bring up um one of the safeties from the practice squad or something yeah, that'd be interesting. I, th- I don't even. I don't even honestly know who is on the
2: practice squad. That's a safety anymore. I
3: don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's it, been a lot of movement, did. man. And uh, Darius Bradwell got called up today. Didn't really play ever. Uh, saw Gabe Neighbors get some some burn in this game, which was nice to see. I mean, at least he was out there on some plays. But um, anything on on offense that you guys want to know before we kind of get to game balls and other takeaways like that?
1: Um, I loved that they went to Joe Reed once and it worked, and they never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least they did it, so that yeah. was nice. So that's that's pretty much it for me.
3: Uh, yeah, just in general. I mean, I, I credit to the offensive line. I like, you know, I we I don't think Herbert would have had the game he had if if it wasn't for this kind of offensive line, and they didn't play. Uh, perfect, but I think they did what they needed to, especially when it came to Dan Feeney, uh, Forest Lamp. I thought both had pretty good games. Uh, the fact that Tevi has been starting Caliber is like just kind of amazing yeah. and like one of the just weird uh, storylines of the Campan era. Uh, I like the fact that they obviously got Keenan more involved. Um, Obviously, Henry was very involved, and those seem to be what Herbert's, you know, two main kind of targets are um, in terms of fantasy play and just targets play in general. Um, Yeah, so I I don't know how often, you know, he's going to go to someone like Mike Williams. That might be something where that's kind of a difference between Tyrod and Herbert. I could see uh, Tyrod liking Mike Williams and, you know, throwing in the deep ball a little bit more, whereas Herbert might be a little bit more conservative. Um, So I could see that kind of being a difference between them. But no, ultimately, I was um, pretty impressed with the offense. I mean, there were some weird calls, like not taking the field goal on fourth and five and, um, you know, leaving some points on the board. But ultimately, um, considering the circumstances, considering they didn't know, you know, Herbert was playing until, you know, until, until we did. Uh, I, I still think that was um a pretty impressive performance and they definitely looked a lot better than they did uh on the road in Cincy.
2: Yeah, outside of uh the one play from the Michigan rookie, uh the rookie from Michigan I should say, uh that he kinda of blowed Sam Tevy up, I thought Tebby played pretty well. And, you know, Chris Jones made a big impact in the run game, but he didn't have a sack and Frank Clark didn't have a sack and so to me, as an offensive line guy, that's a win. If you head into a game against the Chiefs and you hold Frank Clark and Chris Jones to zero sacks between the two of them, you know I think you take that kind of performance from your offensive line nine times out of ten. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll go back and watch the film and kind of do my offensive line breakdown, but you know, I, I thought they played pretty well. I would have loved to see some better execution in the short yardage situations, like I mentioned. There was that one play that uh, Trey Turner happened to go out of the game. I don't know if it was, you know, his helmet got knocked off or his, his shoe was untied or what, but, you know, Tyree St. Louis got blown up by Chris Jones on that one play that he was in. So uh, that was just kind of unfortunate timing for Tyree. But yeah, I thought in general the offensive line played pretty well today.
3: Speaking of shoes getting knocked off, <laughs> uh, Herbert <laughs> losing his shoe in the first quarter, and then he still, like, hit you know, it was out of bounds, but he still hit Mike Williams yeah. right in the hands with no shoot. I was like, uh, that, that was honestly maybe more impressive than any <laughs> throw he had today. I was like, how did you do that? Uh, but, you know, um, but yeah, no, that was kind of a fun moment in the first quarter. Um, it just was like a, you know, a hectic fever dream first quarter, but, uh, yeah, no, uh. I did think with the offensive line when there were breakdowns, I think other than the the bad sack he took that lost him like fourteen yards. Uh, other than that, I thought he did a pretty good job of like recognizing when things were breaking down and like getting the ball out quick. Um, you know, something Tyrod is kind of somewhat fairly accused of, I think, is holding on to the ball a little bit too long. Um, and Herbert just getting it out very quickly, I thought was uh, surprising, and getting it out with a pretty good efficiency too, with some throws to uh, Hunter Henry, you know, when the pressure was closing in. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive, just uh, the mental processing to like, you know, know when things are going to break down, and and also get it out very. Yeah, quickly. I thought he did
2: a good job of standing in the pocket when he had to, and and trying to escape when he had to. Uh, that throw to Austin Eckler on the second drive, I want to say. Uh, where he had to basically do like a fadeaway jumper, and he still got it there, and was still on point. You know, that's the difference between him and Tyrod. Really, you know, the arm talent on Justin Herbert is is really amazing. And if that's Tyrod, that's probably an incompletion, maybe a sack. Kind of depends. So uh, there is some clear differences there. But uh, let's get to our game balls. Our I assume we might all be in unanimous to give Justin Herbert the offensive game ball
1: um i'll go offensive line okay i don't think they were perfect i know they were missing some guys but considering you know i didn't even know belaga was out of the game for a while and then i really didn't notice that belaga was still out of the game yeah and you know the, the line played pretty pretty decent overall and for a good while there they were putting up i mean they were, kelly did have a good start Eckler had a good start you know herbert was was pretty well protected so i, I gotta hand it to him because the the strength of the Chiefs, if anything, is their defensive line, at least on defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, they did a, did a pretty good job. So I guess they get my game ball, or you can say James Campman gets my game ball.
2: There we go. And I think it's always a good sign if your starter goes out and they never talk about the backup. Because Trey exactly. Pipkins, you never heard his name, and I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, Alex, any other you know offensive player you want to give a game ball to, or is it pretty uh, Herbert for you?
3: Um, it's Herbert, but I'll also give a shout out to Austin Eckler. Yeah. Uh, I thought he played awesome. He didn't get involved in the receiving game last week just because they just weirdly didn't have any screens planned other than the one uh, Henry tight end screen. But the fact that he was able to kind of show off, you know, why he's such a dangerous threat uh, as a receiver again. Uh, I don't know exactly how many receiving yards he had, but certainly uh, over. It felt like over 50 or 60. Um, and then obviously had, you know, 90 rushing yards, uh, which was pretty great volume. Um, so yeah, I, and I thought considering the fact that Jackson was out, uh, and considering, you know, Kelly had to be moved up to number two and they pretty much never played Bradwell more was on Eckler's plate. So, um, I would give it the, you know, game ball to Herbert, but also a little shout out to Austin. Eckler.
2: Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, Austin Eckler had 16 carries for 93 yards and then he had four catches for 55 yards uh, it seems like that twenty, you know, eighteen to twenty-two spot is, is kind of where the Chargers want Austin Eckler in terms of touches. Um, if you count the scrambles and Joe Reed, obviously you count Joe Reed, but the Chargers had forty-four total carries today, which is, you know, is quite amazing. And obviously, he had thirty-three pass attempts from Justin Herbert. So uh, I'll go defensive game ball for me. It's pretty, it's pretty easily Jerry Tillery man, and I think this. This development from Tillery has been so drastic because, you know, last year it looked like he was just lost at times. And it didn't look like he, it was not, it was not a good positive feeling watching Jerry Tillery play last year. Um, You know, he's gone in the total opposite direction. I had a a couple of Chargers fans tweet me and ask me if I think that Jerry Tillery is now a top 10 interior defensive lineman in the league. (laughs) <laughs> to me, that's to me that's a little rich, but the fact that that's even a question now is is pretty amazing. And you know, the block pat was fantastic. I thought he did a great job in the run game as well. And I'm just really excited because if if they can get Jerry Tillery to get you three to five pressures a game, you know that's perfect because then you you can't double team Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And uh, it's just been fantastic to see this kind of development.
3: Uh, so, for my defensive game ball, I'll go with uh, Chris Harris. Um, I think that you've seen in two weeks now, uh, the Chargers have been pretty have been pretty able to shut down receiving groups. I mean, you know, you talked about, obviously, Kelsey was a big factor in this game, and Tyreek turned it on uh, definitely late. Uh, but if you look at it, they kind of shut out Sammy Watkins completely. Obviously, there was the hit from Perriman that kind of compounded yeah. that um, which was a UFC-style knockout, but, you know, there was that, and, um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, DeMarcus Robinson didn't really do anything this game, Sammy Watkins didn't really do much this game, Uh, Tyreek turned it on late, as I, you know, as I said, but in two weeks now, they've been able to kind of shut down the wide receivers, uh, for, you know, large portions of the game, and I think that has to do a lot with, obviously, Casey Hayward, um, and also Chris Harris, like, they, you know, they just don't, uh you know, he's kind of locked down his matchups and um, you know, credit to him where credit's due and that's this is why he's getting, you know, significantly more uh playing time than King he's just flat out uh playing better and um it's a huge advantage for the Chargers going forward to uh be able to be such a threat uh I think against receivers um when they don't have to play, you know, (laughs) one of the greatest tight ends of all time, when they you know, which they won't have to every week. Uh, so I I think it's definitely a good thing going forward and um, I I think they'll have the matchup against the Panthers and um, even the Buccaneers, I think, uh, locked up a little bit. Yeah, for
1: me, I'll kind of side your, not side, what am I trying to say? I'll go along with your pick kind of, and I'll go with Casey Hayward. I gave him, not crap, but, you know, okay, you look at one thing. I don't think he was as bad as his pro football focus grade of, you know, 30 or whatever it was. But I don't know if he was AFC Defensive Player of the Week either, because I would have at least voted for Bosa over him. Yeah. But, you know, the, the guy, regardless, you know, targeted 16 times last week and gave up eight catches. You know, I think a couple of misses by Burrow, underthrow here and there, could have been a worse day. So for him to come out, and I, I'll have to watch the film, obviously. Like, I don't know. I can't, I, I, I ball watch so much because I'm just watching this defensive line try to, you know, kill the quarterback or I'm trying to watch Herbert do anything. Um, but I'll have to watch it again, but I really think I got to give it to Hayward because he seems like he rebounded and there was a point, I believe like a minute or so before the second half ended where they said that the chiefs receivers had zero catches up until that, at that certain point of the game, which is ridiculous. I didn't even think of it, but for them to have zero catches up until almost the entire first half is pretty remarkable. So I'll give it to him, but really anybody, a lot, there are a lot of people on this defense who could, who could get a game ball. Yeah, you know, there
2: there really is, and honestly, um, you know, I think this kind of segment obviously is not like leaning towards Joey Bosa, but I mean, he basically was playing this whole game mm-hmm. with a single arm, and Mitchell Schwartz is you know a top two or three right tackle in the game, and Joey Bosa got six or seven pressures on him, and Joey mm-hmm. Bosa obviously yeah he had the sack too, you know he is a force, and you know, I think he's gonna have a huge huge season. And obviously, it was good to see that uh, performance out of him, especially when he was injured. Yeah, no, incredible
1: by him. You know, you can, uh, he just see it. It's just this really cool matchup. You're watching, you know, the best quarterback in the league with, you know, maybe the best defensive end in the league right now. And it's just so cool to watch that, you know. And I think it was the very last play that Mahomes ran of the game. Bowie, you know Joey Bosa chases him out of bounds and you know taps him on the helmet or whatever, and they're just kind of laughing with each other because they know they're just gonna be battling for the next decade, and that's so cool.
2: Uh, yeah, it was cool to see that matchup for sure. And Jeff Miller, I uh, thought his tweet was funny because when Joey got his sack, he said the highest paid defensive player in league history just hacked the highest, just hacked, just sacked the highest offensive player in league history, which was obviously a cool moment. Uh, so, so we'll move into our final fo- final thoughts and then obviously wrap up. For me, you know, I was talking with some of my family and friends and they were like, oh, how are you feeling? The Chargers lost. And I'm like, honestly, today was a happy day in Chargers history because, you know, they got their guy and that's really all you can ask for. And the value of knowing that Justin Herbert can go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes and be that close to winning is exponentially higher than winning this particular game. And, you know, I... I, I'm so pleasantly surprised this is one time that I'm very happy to be wrong about a player and Justin Herbert, I'm all in, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to you. And I know that coach Lynn said some things afterwards, but I fully expect Justin Herbert to be the starter going forward. And, uh, you know, it's just an exciting day for, for chargers fans, man. And, and seeing this kind of play out, what was a lot of fun to watch today.
3: Uh, I'm not, White is, uh, you know, high on Justin Herbert, you know, obviously after one game, Um, but, you know, so I don't know if I'm gonna say that we found our QB yet, because, you know, we've seen QBs that had good games and then, you know, kind of petered off a little bit, but, Um, Yeah, no, uh, incredibly impressive effort from him. Uh, I think incredibly impressive effort from the running backs and the offensive line in general. Just the Chargers have established so much more of a ground game than I feel like they have in recent years um, in these first two weeks. So I hope that keeps up and, you know, if they're going to start Herbert, they're going to need, uh, a good ground game. So that's going to be something to watch going forward. And, uh, just the defense in general to be able to hold, um, you know, Mahomes to 20 before overtime, uh, was just such a sizable effort. And it felt like kind of the best game the Chargers have ever played against Mahomes. Just the blitzing intensity that they were bringing, especially in the first half. Um, I thought it was very surprising. So, uh, yeah, just all around, really great game, uh, and it gives you a lot of uh, confidence, obviously, heading into Carolina, which should be a winnable game, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers have this really great effort against Kansas City and then somehow find a way to... Yeah, some uh, find a way to get Teddy Bridgewater 300 passing yards or something. Um, so, I don't know. But uh, I thought it was all around really good effort. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how this Herbert-Tyrod thing develops over the next couple weeks, or really the next couple days, um, heading into week three. And uh, yeah, I hope we can uh, beat the Panthers.
1: So I think I spent more time studying Tyrod Taylor film than Tyrod Taylor spent on the football field. But, <laughs> you know... Oh, well, I'm glad I was able to dedicate to something. There you go. And uh, it was fun. But, you know, listen, like you, like Alex said, it's tough after one game. But, you know, the biggest thing for me for Herbert and why I even had someone like I, I wouldn't have drafted Jake Fromm over Justin Herbert. But the reason I just ranked Jake Fromm higher than Herbert is kind of because of the brains and why I thought, you know, Tua was such a great pick. And Burrow, these guys are, I thought, much more mentally advanced. Yeah. Not in terms of, you know scholastic abilities I mean, Herbert's a 4.0 student but I just thought in terms of football that these guys were a lot further along so to see Herbert other than one really boneheaded play he didn't really look fooled by anything I know the Chiefs were down to three corners the entire game and, and I guess they're not the most formidable you know secondary and linebacker unit but you know it didn't look too big for him and I mean I'm pretty stoked the reason the Chargers are successful or have been successful even though they never won a Super Bowl under Rivers is because they had a guy that they they just could have drafted anybody else but a quarterback. They didn't have to move up and take somebody else. They didn't have to figure out how right. to get, you know, move up all the way to the first pick to get this quarterback who flames out. You know, they've might have in one game found their quarterback of the future, which is insane. And to know that so early and to already be paying Allen and Bosa and you, you can now you can just build your team. If you if this is the quarterback of the future, and I think he is, um to, to be able to find him this quickly, and for the fans to be around him. I, I was a little nervous for Herbert because they came after Tyrod Taylor pretty quick, so I wasn't sure how they'd hold up for Herbert. But they uh, it seems like everyone's embracing him. Everyone's excited to have him as, as their quarterback. So I'm stoked. The future is now, and, you know, the, the Chargers, I picked them as a 10-win 10, 10 team. You know, slightly more maybe. You know, they had a lower floor, sure, but I still thought they would win 10 games. And this is kind of the team that i thought would be the team that could win 10 games and you know will they it's possible um there's certainly i don't know if we're gonna talk about other games today but the other you know the, a lot of other teams in front of the Chargers who are losing players left and right they might not have to face mccaffrey or michael thomas which is insane um but you know i think they can do it this defense looked kind of like how i thought it would look you know the the Chargers are at least with Herbert running an offense that I kind of thought they were going to be running with Tyrod Taylor, but now they have Herbert, so that's fine. And, you know, they actually came out relatively healthy. I don't know what Balaga's issue is, but they came out relatively healthy in a game where many teams lost, you know, premier top 10 NFL talent players, and the Chargers came out all right. So if they can win this battle, uh, you know, of injuries and continue moving forward and get better, and if they just... (sighs) One, if they can just win one of these next three games, I know that's kind of a, a low, you know, bar, but if they can win one, but then regroup, blow out the cruddy teams, you know, beat the Raiders, go to the bye, this team's got a real shot. And do I yeah. think they're Super Bowl champions? I don't know. I don't know how they match up against the Ravens. We've seen it once, but that was the Ravens are just a whole different team this year than the, the when they the Chargers played them, you know, in the playoffs a couple of years ago. But obviously they can go toe to toe with the Super Bowl Super Bowl champions, so I mean I, I I don't know if this team gets to the playoffs. I'd be really interested to see how far they could go, and maybe it's Justin Herbert's time and what the heck, let's do it. Bolt up.
2: <laughs> I love it, man. And honestly, you know, listening to Tony Romo talk about Justin Herbert the way that he did, you know, was pretty amazing to hear, and and just. The fact that he found out literally five seconds before kickoff that he was starting, and then he went out and did that, uh, to me, you know, I, I was just, I was just sold. And then obviously, you know, like I mentioned, the mental aspect of things uh, was was amazing to watch. Alex, uh, you had something to say?
3: Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. Just, um, I, I don't remember if it was Romo or Nance who mentioned this, but Justin Herbert had so much turnover um, at Oregon. And, you know, from Taggart to Cristobal and all the offensive coordinators uh, they mentioned and coaches, it's just like, you know, having the ability to put him in this system where it's like, okay, you know, you're going to have Lin and you're going to have Steichen and those are going to be your guys for, you know, hopefully the next, you know, at least four or five years. Um, you know, we'll see how things develop, but it's like, okay, this is a consistent environment, these are your guys. Um, I think that's such a benefit for him instead of having to move around and, um, you know, shift offensive schemes all the time. Yeah. Um, So I I definitely think that's something that uh, helped Herbert in this game uh, over, say, you know, some of the stuff that was happening at Oregon, and Oregon obviously runs a very, like, kind of constrained offense, uh, at least, you know, from their kind of approach in the last couple of years. So, so, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, Herbert definitely has a uh, better path going forward. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. Yeah, I think we're all curious to see how the next couple of weeks progress, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I think tomorrow we should get some, some updates on, on Tyrod's health. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see until then. Uh, but you mentioned the change at Oregon. He had three head coaches and four offensive coordinators while he was there. Uh, he had the last year of Mark Elfridge and then he had Willie Taggart. And then um, I forget his name right now. Shoot. Cristobal. Thank you. So that'll be interesting to see, man. And I think this is a very delicate situation for Anthony Lynn. If he chooses wrong and you know, like if he chooses Tyrod, and then the Chargers lose the next few weeks, I think this is going to be a, a tough situation for him to maneuver. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see as for the injuries that Tyler mentioned, you know, it was a brutal, brutal day around the NFL. Uh, Nick Bosa, took potentially towards ACL as it's Saquon Barkley, you know, CBS put the graphic up quite a bit, but there were a lot of players today that went out with injuries. Obviously Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Uh, the fact that the chargers, you know, kind of went out there and were able to play and not have, at least I don't think they'll have any season ending injuries, knock on wood, um, potentially with blog. I don't know, but you know, it was just a, it was a tough day to watch in terms of injuries uh, Alex, how did
3: your picks do? By the way, who did I pick? Uh, <laughs> I picked the I picked the Cardinals. So you're good there. Uh, yeah, I picked the Cardinals. Uh, I think I picked the Vikings, so that one didn't hit. Uh, I don't remember how the other ones did, but I did win 300 bucks on a 17 parlay today, so that was pretty funny. Hey. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I, I'll I'll calculate the scores next week. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, this has been a wild, you know, ten hours after watching the Eagles just fucking eat shit, <laughs> and then watching the Chargers have one of the most encouraging performances. It's been, a, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Oh man, those that NFC East. Granted, the Cowboys had an amazing comeback.
2: Uh, they did. I, I don't know if you guys heard this, but that was the biggest Falcons lead that they blew since the Super Bowl. Um, so that that was that was brutal, and for the for the Cowboys to come back and win the way that they did. Uh, against the onside kick master, Young Wei uh was Woo-hoo. just incredible. <laughs> Doing his mouth homework, I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was good stuff. And it was, it was fun to watch. You know, the Broncos situation is going to be one to keep an eye on another injury. Drew Locke uh, has an AC joint sprain, potentially mm-hmm. out six weeks. So, if he really does miss, miss six weeks, Jeff Driscoll played okay. You know, he had some, some really good throws, particularly to number 25. but. Uh, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, most definitely. I mean,
1: it's such a, it's, what a what a day in the NFL. My dad, we were watching the game together, and you know, we're talking about some injuries when he left and he came back, and I had to just fill him in on a list of injuries. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I kept oh, you know, Valdez cantling went down, Shepard went down, McCaffrey went down, you know, Locke went down, Garoppolo went down, Mostert went Raheem Mostert, I forgot how you say his name, went down. It's like you got to be kidding me. But, you know, last year, unfortunately, the Chargers couldn't capitalize, but the Chargers had a lot of injuries in front of them on different teams. You know, Roethlisberger goes down. Uh, I'm already drawing a blank on the other name I was thinking of, but there were some, like, they were missing, like, quarterbacks in front of them that were were not playing. And so for the Chargers to go up against, I mean, no Michael Thomas, no Christian McCaffrey, you know, who knows who's going to get hurt in between now and then, Uh, that's... it's intriguing to say the least.
2: Yeah, if the Panthers don't have McCaffrey, that definitely makes it more uh, optimistic yeah. for the Chargers because really, you know, Christian McCaffrey against the Chargers cover three defense, like that is uh, mm-hmm. potentially not pretty. But if he's not playing, then, you know, you don't really have to worry about it. So, guys, uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up today's jam-packed show? Prayers up to James White. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, was, no that was a sad situation. Awful. I can't even imagine being in that situation. They couldn't find him a, a flight back in time, so he's just flying back with the team after you know not playing oh, wow. and stuff. So that's just a, a tough situation for him. Uh, and obviously we're wishing for the best for Tyrod Taylor and all the other charger, Chargers that uh, got hurt, especially Brian Malaga. Uh, please don't be injured and please be available next week. Um, but, yeah, that'll do it for this week, for this show, and uh, we'll see
4: you guys next time. See you mypatriotsupply.com